Okay, so this is MMA for Dummies with Michael Bisping. Stevie. We'll start with a simple one. How is MMA different to boxing? Okay, wow, that is for dummies. Um, <laughs> getting punched in the face is not what we're bothered about. You know, which weirdly, it sounds strange and I'm not trying to sound tough, but you get conditioned to it. You're worried about losing. I wasn't very popular when I was a kid, you know what I mean? I used to get bullied a lot and stuff. And then one day I was like, fuck this, I'm not taking this anymore. And, you know, I thought, the next one that talks shit, they're going to get a crack. You did have a little run-in with the law, didn't you? When I grew up, you know, there was violence in our house every single day. So to me, if, if there was an issue, having a fight or, or hitting them and using physical violence didn't seem anything out of the norm because it's all I saw. I've heard a little rumour, I don't know if you can talk about it or not, about someone knocking on your door with a hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thoughts on Conor McGregor? He was great. <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> okay, and then my Bit friend... of a tit. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Paddy the Baddy? He head kicked me the next day <laughs> and I ended up losing an eyeball. That was the end of your... Well, in quotations, the end of your fight career, wasn't it? Then y- yeah, it was. I was told I would never fight again. But you did fight again. For a long time. I told a lot of lies. <laughs> I cheated a lot of tests. That last question, which just says, who do you think would win in a fight between us two? The reason I skipped it is because I realised how pathetic I was when Michael <laughs> no, just got... No, no, I don't know. I'm looking at you both. I, I think it's a non-starter. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm, we'll skip this one. <laughs> That's a poll for Reddit, I think. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Jack Mate's Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mate's Happy Hour podcast series. Six is in full flow. We've been doing the darts, we've been doing porn stars. We've not been doing porn stars, <laughs> but we've had them on. And uh, you're looking ever so fine, Stevie. That's weird for you to compliment me so early on. Well, at all, actually. I've been trying to be a nicer person. Oh, you're doing well so far. I've been working on it. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. I don't like it. To be honest, the reason why I'm being nice is because we've got a bit of a scary guest in today. Okay. The first guest that I think could probably give me a black eye just by breathing on me. <laughs> it's <laughs> I brush my teeth. <laughs> on a daily basis, sometimes twice. <laughs> it's former UFC world champ, Hall of Famer, current analyst. Is that right? 
commentator, analyst, YouTuber, dickhead, pisshead, <laughs> whatever you want to say. It's Michael Bisping. Thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. It's my absolute pleasure, lads. Thank you. You are a fine specimen of a man, if you don't mind me saying. Is that a bit, too, is that a bit too far? No, no, I like it. Keep it coming, please. I mean, I'm a little heavy right now. I put a few pounds on. Should have seen me a month ago. <laughs> well, you, you live in yeah, uh, LA, is it? California? Orange County, California. So just like an hour south of LA. There's, there's a lot of good food over there, mate. There is, there is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's better. I mean, I always defend Britain's food because they're oh, man, American uh, British food sucks. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Mm. No, it's great. And I come back, I'm like, it's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your go-to sort of British dish? If you, if you, oh, I don't know. Are you a fry-up man? Are you a Sunday? Oh roast yeah, man? no, I, I have a fry. I mean, a Sunday roast. I mean, my wife, she used to cook a Sunday roast. She's got mm. a bit spoiled these days, so mm. not not as often. But fry-ups, yeah, I have a health. I have a fry up every single day, but it's not a, an English fry-up. It's uh, chicken sausage, uh, bacon, eggs, mushrooms. No carbs. Keto. Boom. That's quite healthy, that isn't very it? Very healthy, very healthy. See, I didn't know we could do this. this little... You can, you can make most meals healthy. Yeah, we no, no, just no. choose not to. Fry yeah. ups. You take away the beans and the toast, and then it's pure keto. I love the beans, though. Me too. It makes you <laughs> fart like a bastard. <laughs> I love a sausage and egg McMuffin. Oh, me too, mate. Mm. Yeah, no, now you're talking to me. When I was in training camps, you know, you'd always have to diet like a madman because mm. I was getting down to 185. I was about two stone heavier than that naturally. Um, and anytime I went to the airport, there was always a McDonald's and I'm on a major diet. And when you're flying from the airport to the fight, the fight's getting close. That's like, everything's going to get dialed in, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm having two <laughs> sausage and egg Two, two. I'm like, fuck it. If I can't have a sausage, sausage and egg McMuffin, what's the world coming to? <laughs> I love that. Paddy the Baddy, obviously, is an up and coming fighter, right? In, yep, in yep. the UFC. He, I, I, th he, I think he's known online on YouTube for like absolutely destroying fast food. Like he loves it. Like he yeah. just eats that shit all the time. He's a proper fat bastard in between <laughs> fights. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, Michael, we always ask the same question at the start of each show. We really get to know the people uh, with this question. If we gave you a fiver, sent you into a corner shop, what are you buying? Oh, God. I mean, it depends what time of day it is. If it's in the night, I'll probably get a couple of cans. Okay. A couple of chocolate bars. Bloody lad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, when I was a kid... Well, still now, I've got a proper sweet tooth. Right. You know what I mean? I used to devour chocolate bars. I mean, I've got a decent set of teeth now, but they're as fake as <laughs> as most people in America. But um, <laughs> they were fucked beforehand because I just eat so much chocolate. I was raised on chocolate. My mum didn't cook much. Yeah. Just chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. We need specifics. What chocolate bar? Mate, uh, oh, I love a good Twix. A Boost, you know. I'm a love Twix a, man. I love, I love a boost. I, I need a Twix fix now and again. What, what, I mean, I don't discriminate, but <laughs> I do like... It's, it's got to be nice milky chocolate, though. None of this dark stuff. Okay, so so we'll, get, we'll give you a Twix and a boost. That's about two quid. You've what? got three quid left over. What you having? What's the what's the go-to alcoholic drink? You've said you've got a couple of cans there. What is your, what well, is your choice? Well, out here, probably be a couple of cans of Stella. Proper lad, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> I like Sapporo. I've got Old Fancy, a nice Japanese beer. It's, it's not a million miles away from Stella, let's be honest. But wow. yeah, any kind of nice light lager. Are you um? Are you a Guinness man? I don't mind Guinness, but I wouldn't say I'm a Guinness man. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, now and again, you know, mm. I don't know. Should we have a pint of Guinness? I'm like, fuck it, go on then. I've been getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's meant I'm to be good for you. Full of iron. So apparently. they say. And I am a West Ham fan. 
So their, their nickname's the Irons. Yeah, I so. got it way over my head there. Now, Michael, you are like you're a legendary figure in the sport of MMA in, yeah, in UFC and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so so there's going to be a lot of hardcore MMA fans coming over to listen to this who perhaps wouldn't listen to our show otherwise probably so, not and we, we we get a lot of stick for for like you know when people try and gatekeep sports so like if i ever put on a boxing fight everyone's like oh you know nothing about boxing right i want to put it on record today and say that i am not clued up on ufc or mma at all we watched your documentary the michael bisping story last night and we loved it and it was so interesting to us and i'm sure it'll be interesting to people that know about your life anyway but we didn't know whether you were going to win the fights lose the fights and i basically just want to put a little disclaimer here because there'll be people going, these guys are fucking idiots. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. We are idiots, but we are, we're admitting that we don't know anything about but it. But you're nice idiots. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying myself. So don't, don't beat yourself up too much. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's called Bisping. I, I, I felt very weird about that. That's what they wanted to call it. And then sit, we had the premiere Monday night. I don't know if you've ever sat in a sold out cinema and watch the documentary about yourself in front of 500 people. Weirdly, no. Yeah. Don't, I don't recommend it. I was cringing the entire time. I was, I, I was tense all up. You know what I mean? It's like mm. me, talk, me, 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 me. I was like, oh, God, you big-headed bastard. I went out of this room. I wanted it to swallow me up. I'm like, fuck, I'm never doing this again. We've got a screening tonight at the Charlotte Street Hotel. I am not sitting through it. I'll introduce it at the start. I'll do a Q&A at the end. There's a little tie restaurant across the street Bosch a couple of that's, Stellas and a boost that's what I'll be I'll come back uh, I'll have myself a pad tie well no mate it was it was quality we really really enjoyed it and I thought what better way to start this podcast than if you would kindly indulge us in maybe like a little sort of quick fire MMA for dummies yep so Stevie and I are going to ask you some of the most sort of like Boring, not boring, but most obvious questions ever. And you can educate us on the sport that you know. And I've love. been doing this for years. Yeah. When I first signed with the UFC, I was spent a fo- uh, so much time doing this. But then the other day, I was on Talksport and Simon Jordan. I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was going. I don't like it. You know, when I see uh, the, the the blows land, it makes me wince. <laughs> right? I'm like, well, it's supposed to make you wince. We're not fucking animals. You know what I mean? We're, we're doing violence to someone else. You're meant to wince. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Anyway, whatever. There you go. I loved your retort, by the way. It was it was good. Your, the what? your response. Oh, oh, you saw it, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, it nice. was good. It was good. Okay, so this is MMA for Dummies with Michael Bisping. Stevie. We'll start with a simple one. How is MMA different to boxing? Okay, wow. That is for dummies. Um, <laughs> well, uh, boxing, you can only punch. MMA, you can punch, kick, knee, elbow, grapple, wrestle, jiu-jitsu, choke people out. Basically, any kind of effective uh, combat technique that you can use is allowed, but you can't do anything stupid. You know, you can't stamp on someone's head when they're on the floor. You can't bite them. You can't poke them in the eye. You can't knee them in the balls. You know what I mean? Mm. All very gentlemanly. You know right. what I mean? You, you know what I mean? If you were, if there was someone written rule, two guys were going to have a fight, but we're not going to get, you know, we're, mm. we're, we're fine, but you don't start biting someone's fucking dick, are you? <laughs> do, do, well, do you know what I mean? Don't know well, the kind of fights we get into. I mean, Danny D might have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you know, Wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, Muay Thai, basically any kind of martial art that you think might work, which, by the way, most of them don't work in real situations. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Who is widely considered to be the GOAT of MMA? Well, 
I fought both of them, George St. Pierre and Anderson Silva. I beat Anderson. I lost to George St. Pierre. So we'll say Anderson Silva. Or technically, <laughs> technically can we say you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> what is typically regarded as the greatest UFC fight of all time? Oh, greatest UFC fight of all time. I mean, it's hard because it's always changing. You know, there's always great fights. Just recently, there was one, Michael Chandler and Justin Gagey, UFC 268. That was incredible. We'll go with that one for now. There's so many. I commentate yeah. the fights now, so it's just like it's like a jumble in my brain. And obviously I, it's subjective, isn't it? What you yeah, consider of course to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do the weight classes work differently? Because obviously we yes. know weight classes in boxing, but how does it work in... Yeah, uh, so you got uh, 120... It's all in pounds. 125, 35, 45, 55... Then it goes to 170, then 185, then 205. So there's a 20-pound jump there. And then over 205, up to 265 is heavyweight. So it's a bit of a... They need to add more weight classes, in my opinion. So I started off at 205. Uh, I was 15 and on. Then I dropped down to middleweight. So that was a 20-pound weight uh, drop, which, uh, as I say, the sausage and egg McMuffins were not suitable. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a proper dumb fucking question. The sport is MMA. Yep. And then there's UFC. Is yep. UFC basically the Premier League of... You said it perfectly. That's exactly what it is. You, okay. know, you, you got boxing, then you got the WBO, WBC, all the different promotions. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So UFC is just a promotion, but they are the Premier League. Um, you know, there, there's many, there's thousands now all over the world. The, the sport is so popular worldwide, let me tell you. And uh, yeah, there's tons. Right. But UFC is the one way you want to be. That is the Premier League by far. Right, okay. So what are the ways you can actually win a fight? Well, you can knock them out. You can win by TKO. You can submit them. Or you can win by decision. You basically stop them. You force them to give up or you knock them out or you beat them so much where you're not intelligent. The other person cannot intelligently defend themselves. When they're not intelligently defending themselves, the referee will stop it. Right. Your coffee's there. They can bring it in. Yeah, just bring it in, Katie. Come um, on, Katie. <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> Get some camera time. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't want to be your slave on camera. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Okay, I can't believe I'm going to ask this. Go and you, and you, you might not want to do this. Go ahead. Can you demonstrate a chokehold on me? I can, but I don't know if I want to. You seem like a lovely guy. Yeah, but to do it hard, just do all it right, half. Right, I can right, just tell right. you, for, from our viewers' perspective, they'd love to see it. <laughs> all right, go on then. Go okay, on. I'll, I'll film this on my phone. Okay. Because then that way. Um, and while we do this, I'll come around there. While we do it, can you can you basically explain what you're doing in the mic? Because yes. it all, all oh, cut. Okay, you are definitely going to spill a drink here, aren't you, Jack? Yeah, no, for sure. Should I be nervous, Mike? Shall no, we? no, 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 no. So we'll stand, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm scared for you, so there, but I like there's it. There's many, 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 many different chokes. Uh, but this is called the rear naked choke. You have to squat down a bit. You're very tall, aren't you? Yeah. So basically what you want to <laughs> do... looks terrified. So a lot of the time they're here, but you've got to get under the chin. Right. right? So okay. a, a lot of people, the fight that you, you would be now like fighting the hands, pull that down. So shall I, it, shall I actually try and pull you? No, because <laughs> it'll turn into a fight. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think you'd lose, so, Jack. So relax, relax. Right, give me your throw. You want me to show it? Lift your chin up, you prick. <laughs> Right, so there, and then you grab your bicep. Oh, and God. Then you come around here and then squeeze, and then we'll when you're ready. <laughs> he How tapped pretty run? quick. A millisecond. <laughs> I thought my eyeballs were going to pop out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Leave the fucking eyeball jokes. I'll do them. I'll do them. Thank you. <laughs>
Oh God! What oh, was that was probably one of my favourite moments. That I'm, glad ever you're, I'm glad you're a nice guy because if you was a cunt and I said that, I'd be oh, cringing. Huh? Mate, oh, no, come on! I, I don't give a shit. Right? Yeah, that's pretty intense. Oh. That and that was you at what two percent, five percent? Yeah, 1%? I wasn't doing anything really. You know, <laughs> but but when you got the technique, yeah. I mean, the, the, that's it's better to have the technique than strength. Like my my 11 year old, he, he has a mean rear naked choke. So oh, really? it's all about technique, you know. Is it? Is it? Is it scary when when they've got you there? Um, the whole thing's kind of scary. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's not just that. I'm, you know, any anyone that says, "Oh, I'm not scared," they're either a liar or they're stupid. Right? You know what I mean? Because I, I, I'll be honest, when you're fighting for a living, it's not the the fight itself that you're scared about, that you're nervous about. Because we sign up for it, we choose to do this, and when you're getting ready for a fight, we spar mm. many, many times. So the getting punched in the face is not what we're bothered about. You know, which weirdly it sounds strange, and I'm not sound, trying to sound tough, but you get conditioned to it. You, you do, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really hurt because you got the adrenaline going uh, unless you get knocked out you know what I mean then you wake up and you think what the fuck happened yeah but um, you're worried about losing that's the main that's where the nerves come from because you're trying to you know it's your career you want to be the champ if you lose obviously you have financial ramifications your trajectory of your career goes the wrong way you know so the nerves and of course you're walking out there in front of 20,000 people the world is watching on TV mm. uh, you know you don't want to get embarrassed and if you lose you know it's not like, not like losing a football match yeah. when you lose you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you as well. So it's not so much the physical, the physical pain then. It's not so much the physical pain. No, right. I mean obviously that is a factor. You know, it, it is a factor, but it's not the main factor. What is? Is there a common way in which people win? Does it? Does it? Is it the knockout? Is it the su- submission? Like? Yeah, both of them. Both of them and uh, decisions. Yeah, I mean they're they're all equally as common. Oh, okay. Fair is, enough. Is there a knockout that kind of sticks in your brain, like for all UFC fights, not just well, yours? Well, there's one that sticks out of my fucking brain. <laughs> <laughs> when I got flatlined at UFC. C100, it's one of the most famous knockouts. I mean, you might have saw it on the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got, whoa, I got, yeah, I got. But for me, when I won the belt at UFC 199, I knocked out the champ in the first round. That one kind of sticks out to me <laughs> as well. <laughs> what, who did you, what was the, the UFC 100? Who did you fight then? Dan Henderson. And is oh, and that's the one when in in the dock it shows you in the shower asking the same question over. Yeah, and over. yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll we'll get onto that a bit later on, a bit later on. But there we go. That was UFC for 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 dummies or MMA for dummies. You, I should you've say. skipped that last question, which just says, "Who do you think would win in a fight between us two? The reason I skipped it is because I realised how <laughs> pathetic I was when Michael. No, just got... no, I don't know. I'm looking at you both. I, I think it's a non-starter. If I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, we'll skip this one. <laughs> That's a poll for Reddit, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. They'll put it on there. Okay, now let's take it back to the early life. Now, for anyone who is interested in seeing um, this fucking incredible doc, it's called Bisping or the Michael Bisping story. Um, Wanker of a title, in it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I like it, mate. And it's, it's out now, right? On all digital platforms. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it just came out. Video on demand. iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be basically talking about your life and career now. But this doesn't mean you shouldn't go and watch the the doc. Like we're only going to touch on like little points here. There are so many fucking fascinating moments about your life. I'm almost sometimes when we have a guest that I don't know much about, I almost feel bad. But I was actually yeah. glad because I got to see these fights and hear the outcomes for the for the first time. I know what you mean because mm. I do a podcast as well. Believe you me, find it on YouTube, and I also do a YouTube channel. Search Michael Bisping, subscribe, <laughs> ring the bell, and all that good stuff. Good at that promotion. Um, um, no, but I know what you mean when you, you you get forced sometimes to have a certain guest, and you're like. Mm. Shh. 
shit. Yeah. I don't know anything about this guy. You like quickly go to Wikipedia. Three kids, boring. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, so I get it. <laughs> Where's all that Wikipedia research? Close that Wikipedia page. But I genuinely, I'm not blowing smoke here. I genuinely think I might actually try and get into the into UFC now as a, as a viewer and a fan because yeah. I'm I, I'm what people would call a plastic boxing fan. So I dip in and out of the sure. big fights. But I mean, I, I was fucking gripped by it. I really was. This weekend, big fight yeah. for, for you to watch. Live on BT Sport, I think it starts at 4 or 5 p.m. on the prelims, May card at like 8 o'clock. Yeah. UFC London, we haven't had an event here in three years because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a massive fight card. I'll be commentating. Tune in and check it out. Okay. Who? who, who oh, I guess you can't oh, say Oh, by who. the time this comes out, it's fucking done anyway. Yeah, so yeah. what am I saying? <laughs> I was awesome, weren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You were raised in Clitheroe in Lancashire, yep. 34 miles away from Manchester. Just tell us briefly, what, what was that like? It was lovely. It's a nice, quaint, old-fashioned market town. Right. Uh, but there's not a lot to do there. Small small town, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people. Um, lots of pubs. All people mm-hmm. do is drink and fight. It was there was a lot of when I was growing up, there, there was a lot of kicking off. Do you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. one of those stupid pubs. Because you said before DJ Mikey B, I started DJing. You know, and this is just an example. When I started DJing in one of these pubs, I started getting a reputation, and people were coming from other towns saying, "Oh, there's fucking good music in this pub," and like this is the mentality of Clitheroe people. Like, who the fuck is this lot? They're not from around here. Oh right. And they would actually say, "Out of towners." There's some fucking out of towners in here, so it was it was always kicking off. Do you know what I mean? So if me and Stevie went up there, battered, <laughs> battered in no time at all. Maybe not now, yeah, because the world's gone soft. They probably, probably <laughs> you want us to get battered? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. They probably listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, so. no, um, yeah, no. Growing up in Clitheroe, it was nice, but then when I started, because I did a lot of martial arts, started at eight years old, and my dad was proud. He'd always put me in the paper, but then when I started going out on the piss at sixteen, because you, you know, you, you, when you're a bit taller, you can get. Served early can't you which mm-hmm. by the way you've got no fucking business getting wasted at 16 but all the older lot were like oh here he is the karate kid from the paper and whatnot." so I just ended up getting in fights all the time oh because people wanted to prove themselves against you sort yeah of thing. yeah and I was never one for backing down either so they talk a bit of shit I talk shit back right. and they were like he's only a kid yeah do you, do you know what I mean 
I know we're, we're just at the start here, but fast forward then, obviously now you've had this like illustrious career and, and fucking world champ and all that. Do you ever worry now that just like in the street and stuff, someone might think, oh, there's Michael Bisping. I want to like prove myself. No. You don't? No, never, never. I, I, I don't even think like, I'm retired now. So that like kind of, that fighter mindset of mine doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird. It, honestly, it doesn't exist. I don't feel the need to prove myself or anything because I definitely had, you know, put something wrong with me when I was a kid. That was my only identity, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I wasn't very popular when I was a kid, you know what I mean? I used to get bullied a lot and stuff. And then one day I was like, fuck this, I'm not taking this anymore. And, you know, I, I thought, next one that talks shit, they're going to get a crack. And that's what I did. And it started to feel good. And then all of a sudden I started getting more friends, because a bit of a badass or whatever, you know, yeah, the bad boy. Uh, and I started leaning into that character as well. So I, I was lost for a few years there. I was a bit of a dickhead. I was always getting in fights. Uh, but now, no, not at all. Mm. But I did get assaulted See, just, just recently. So we've got a mutual friend, Schaefer Bates. Oh, he's right? awesome. Yeah. Shout out Schaefer. Love that guy. We've known him for many, many years. And and uh, I was just, you know, when you go on like a wormhole on YouTube one yeah. night, you just start clicking on things. I think I was on his channel. It led me to your channel. I knew your name. I didn't know much about yeah, you. Yeah. I went on and I saw, and I watched one of your videos where you were talking about, was it in Boston or something? No, it was in, it was in New Orleans. Right. So, uh, Obviously, America's a big country. Yeah. I'm always so busy, but, you know, you want to try and see new places. I said, come on, let's go down to New Orleans for a few days. It's meant to be cool. Mm-hmm. Do not go to Bourbon Street. Oh, my God. Hell on earth. And I'm like, oh, let's stay on Bourbon Street. Fuck me. Disaster. What, what, why is that? Is that like a bit of a rough... It's just a cesspit. I mean, it's okay. absolutely packed. It's noisy as hell. It's it's just... Everyone's pissed out there. It's throwing up everywhere. Do you know, it's just not a nice place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, if you want to go with a group of lads and get shit-faced and throw up everywhere, make a dick out of yourself, it's mm. great. But that's... We went for a nice family holiday. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just for a nice weekend break. Anyway, so we're there... And we stayed off Bourbon Street as much as possible. Final night, I said, come on, let's walk down Bourbon Street, soak up the atmosphere, a little bit of people watching, you know. And we're going up and there's a bunch of lads and they've got these buckets that are upside down. They play the drums on. Fucking till like four in the morning every night they play these fucking drums. But that's something else. Anyway, so, but it was cool and there was loads of people dancing to the music and there was like girls twerking and shit. And I'm like, you know, tourists, I pull the phone out and I'm doing a little Instagram story. And this guy goes, yo, you can't film here, man. I said, uh, yeah, I can, come on. And I carried on filming. He says, listen, you can't film here. I said, buddy, I said, it's Bourbon Street. I'm going to film, all right? <laughs> yeah. And he says, I won't tell you again. Put your fucking phone away. And part of my language, I <laughs> swore loads. Uh, <laughs> I said, suck my fucking dick. <laughs> and fair play to him, he just went, bang, <laughs> punched me in the face straight away. Now, I'm not trying to sound tough or hard. Uh, but you are famously <laughs> tough was, and hard. It was the softest punch <laughs> I've ever felt in my life. But you're used to getting punched by actual fighters. World-class fighters. <laughs> yeah. no, but this was, but he was like such a, thinking he was such a badass and a tough guy, you know what I mean? And he punches me in the face and it literally, ding, it was like that. My God's honest knee-jerk reaction was to literally start pissing myself. I started laughing my head off, right? And I was like, oh, my God. I said, did you just fucking punch me? <laughs> oh, my... And I said, oh. you know, America's a dangerous place. Guaranteed, there was a big group of them. Someone had a knife or a gun or something. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not going to roll around in the streets. I'm with my wife and kids, but I just laughed at it. I said, come on, let's go. And it was fucking hilarious. And as it happens, it's my most viewed video on YouTube. Oh, right. right? I've made tons of money off that. Because then the guy, because I, I talked about it on my podcast. Mm. So then he goes and puts a video on YouTube talking about it, going, Michael Bisman, you a bitch, blah, 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 blah. But his version of events echoed mine perfectly. There was no difference. Oh. So we edited 
edited his video into my video. So that video has paid for my holiday to New Orleans <laughs> 10 times over. <laughs> so thank you for punching me in the face. And if you want to come do it again, let's fucking go. So did he know who you was then when he did he it? He didn't know. He did it then, no. I wonder and, how he then saw it. Well, because 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 we 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 had because I, I filmed I had him on there. Do you oh. know what I mean? So we put it on the podcast and we were like we made like a stupid competition. If anyone can find this guy, we'll give you a thousand dollars and stuff. So somehow word got back to him. That's so good, fucking hell! And now, in 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 the doc, you, you're you're so open and honest about when you were younger. You you even refer, what was it? You refer to yourself as a fucking arsehole going out and trying to fight everybody. I wasn't trying to fight everyone. I was getting into a lot of fights and I didn't back down. I wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't looking for trouble, mm-hmm. but I didn't back down either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I could have definitely done a better job of that, but I was young. I was angry. I had a chip on my shoulder. You know. What was what was the? Can you remember the first time you? took a punch oh no I can't because for people like Stevie and I I've been in a, like a handful of push and shove yeah, nothing yeah. I've so been I, punched quite a few times oh, I mean my parents kicked the shit out of me from a very very early age right do you know what I mean it's like pretty excessive to I, be honest I, I, so is that what kind of made you a bit sort of like battle hardened yeah and then I had older brothers as well so yeah. in our house growing up <clears throat> see and it was only until I met my wife and she kind of you know I kind of figured out the error of my ways you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I thought that was normal do you know what I mean? When I grew up, you know, there was violence in our house every single day. So to me, if if there was an issue, having a fight or, or hitting them and using physical violence didn't seem anything out of the norm because it's all I saw. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So obviously, and then you do that, you get a reputation and then you end up getting arrested and shit like that. So yeah, I, I wasn't a bully, but like if there was an issue, you know what I mean? Then uh, did, it seemed natural, which is regrettable. Did it? Ne- did did violence never scare you then? The idea of me and Stevie being in a fight, never, fucking shit myself. Never, never. Really? Uh, again, not trying to sound hard. I was very desensitized to it. Yeah. I've heard a little rumor. I don't know if you can talk about it or not. About someone knocking on your door with a hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what does that not scare you? No, it wasn't knocking on the door with a hammer. It's a long story. Uh, do you want a brief yeah. overview? Yeah. We've been out on a mental fucking three day bender, <laughs> me and the boys. Mikey it, B. Yeah, yeah. It comes <laughs> a Saturday night, and I'm, this is a former life, by the way. Mm. What was I? I was only seventeen or eighteen. Live, I was living in this little uh, flat above a greengrocer's mm-hmm. and Saturday night but we went out Thursday night we went out Friday night and I was rough as fuck I'm like oh I can't do it I, I, 8 o'clock I went back no it was about 10.30 something like that I go into this flat and there was only one way in at the back door because the front was a greengrocer's mm. I'm led on the couch watching some crappy movie was this your flat sorry the, yes, yeah, I was okay. just renting it right. and I'm led there by myself on the couch and I hear like like, like a very, very faint knock I'm like did I hear a knock I'm like nah a minute later very faint knock again. So I turn the TV down and I just sit there and there's nothing. And I wait a minute or two. And after a couple of minutes, sure enough, very gently on the door again, I'm like, well, that's weird. Because if somebody wanted me, they'd just be like banging on the door. Yo, Mick, Mick, open up. Do you know what I mean? So So I tiptoed into the kitchen and I tiptoed right to the back door, the only way in and out. And I'm standing there. It's even giving me chills now. Thinking about it. I'm standing there behind the door, being all quiet. And I'm thinking, what the fuck am I doing? This is weird. And I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. I'm thinking, there's no one there. And I was just about to walk off. And then sure enough, there's another knock. And I'm like, there's someone fucking on the other side of that door. Intermittently knocking like every few minutes, but very, very quiet, very silently. So I go, hello? And then I get back a muffled voice. Hello? And I'm like, who is it? And they went, it's John. I said, John who? They went, John. As if like, you know, it's John. So I thought, it's fucking John. 
I don't know a John. That's fucking John. All right, John, how's it going, lad? Anyway, so I opened the door to give John a warm welcome. <laughs> Good to see you, buddy. No, I opened the door and then I get sprayed in the face with CS gas, right? And I fall, I go back, ah, I'm holding my eyes and I'm in the kitchen and then I rub my eyes and I look and there's a guy standing there with black boots, black uh, combat pants, black bomber jacket and what can only be described as a black Ku Klux Klan hood over his head. Two holes for the eyes, one for the mouth, like a circle. He's holding a fucking canister of petrol, swinging petrol all over the face with his teeth clenched like that, right? I see this and I shit my pants. And... You like to think that you're that tough in these situations, you know what I mean? But yeah. I fucking froze with fear. Yeah, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And looking back, there was like a knife block in the kitchen. You would think you grab the knife or whatever, but I just wasn't thinking like that. And I was screaming, ah, 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 what do you want, what do you want? And he, stand, and he drops the petrol and he pulls out matches and he's trying to light the matches. And I swear to God, they kept snapping well, a couple of times because he was probably nervous as well. So I, I ran into the front room. And I pick up the phone, I go, 999. I go, help, help, someone's trying to kill me, someone's trying to send the police. And they go, sir, sir, calm down. Calm. Do you want ambulance, fire or police? I'm, Somebody's trying to fucking kill me. I do not want an ambulance yet. <laughs> and then he stopped what he was doing and he just stared at me and he was just watching me intently. And I thought, this is freaking me out, this is kind of creepy. And I thought, I'm getting nowhere with the police. So I hung up and I called up my ex-girlfriend. I said, listen, listen, you've got to fucking call the cops. You've got to send someone. And then it was only then he was like kind of convinced that I was actually talking to somebody. So he drops the fucking petrol, pulls out a lump hammer from inside his coat and comes storming towards me, right? As he comes toward me, I'm on the phone and then I shut the door and it was like a, the, the furniture was all like from the 70s. It was mm. a furnished shitty little flat. It was just like a, a wood surround on the door. Then it was a massive pane of glass, right? So I shut the door with one hand and I've got the phone in the other, right? And he comes right up to the glass. So, But there's about six inches now between our faces and he goes right up to the glass and he gets the hammer and he goes, Ding, 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 ding. Just gently knocks on the glass. Fuck. Right? I swear hell. to God, it was like something from a horror movie. Yeah. Right? And I'm holding the door shut. I've got the phone in the other one. Right? He's going ding, ding. And I'm like, wow. I'm looking right into his eyes. And I'm thinking, who could this be? And it was like the Matrix or something. You know, like Minority Report. <laughs> and I come out with this one name because I'd, 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 I'd had a fucking scrap on Thursday night. John. It was John. It was Butch. <laughs> uh, John. So it fucking is John. Come in, pal. Kettle's on. Um, and I said, Butch, is that you, Butch? And when I said that, the guy took a step back, right? And I thought, it's fucking Butch. So that my fear went then. And I opened the door, he swings the lump hammer at me. Um, then he runs out of the house. The hammer just misses me. He runs out of the house. And next door, they must have had like a dinner party or something. And like they're all, the family's all getting in the cars. Oh, bye. And they're giving kisses on the cheek. He sprints past them, knocks them flying. I run past, sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> running after him. He gets away. Anyway, the police come. And we'll move on in a second. I told you it's a long story. But the police come and they check everything out. And they found, because I, I was a DJ, and in one of the bedrooms, I had all my turntables and records and shit. And uh, the window was open because it was summer. They found that he climbed in through the window earlier in the day when I was out and where like, the little unit was where the phone was on, above the phone there was a wire and he'd been in and cut that wire. So he thought he was disconnecting my phone, but he disconnected the doorbell. That's what he was doing. So that's why he was like gently knocking on the door. But he thought, he thought I was blagging it on the phone. That's why he was watching me. 
So this motherfucker tried to kill me legit because what he wanted to do was set fire to it. There was only one way out of the place and uh, and then I couldn't call anyone. That is fucking insane. That's terrifying. It was terrifying. I never stepped foot. I was only like 17 or 18. I never stepped foot in that flat ever again. I bet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And then there was me taking a sip of water whilst hearing that thinking, oh, my throat's a bit sore. From me. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to stay hydrated. <laughs> That's fucking mad. Now, oh God, I don't know where to go from there. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, I'm, I was fascinated by, you talk about having scraps and, and, and that being like a bit of a staple piece of your upbringing and, and whatnot, going and enjoying the football down the pub and all that. How do you use your love of fighting and stuff and decide to go down this route of success, which thankfully you did take when I imagine so many others end up in yeah. prison and stuff like that. Yeah. You did have a little run in with the law, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. A small town. Do you know what I mean? So you, you get into scraps, you start to get a bit of a reputation mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I, I got nicked a few times and I ended up getting sentenced to 28 days in prison one time. And it was then when I, and I thank that judge for doing that. Cause when I was sitting there in the holding cell, I've been like seeing the movie, I've been fucking holes down, giving my prison issue clothes. And I'm sitting there in a holding cell with a bunch of others all bloody losers one guy's coming up, all right, man, what are you in for? I'm like, fuck off. Don't talk to me. I'm not one of you. Yeah. Do, you do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. better than this. And it was right then and there. I was like, wow, is this it? Is this what my life's come to? Is this who I've become? You know, and I thought, if I don't stop my ways now, next time it's going to be six months. And then it's going to be two years. And before you know it, I'm a fucking career criminal doing shitty dead-end jobs in between a little stint inside here and there. Mm. Probably end up being an alcoholic and whatever. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm like... That's, wow. how, that's how quickly it spirals, isn't it? Yeah. Like something like that. Yeah, and, and I'm, I have got to get my shit together. And the lowest point for me was when Rebecca, who's outside, she came to visit me and she's pregnant with my first son. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? She's a beautiful woman. She's a great person. And she's having to visit her long-term boyfriend while she's pregnant, who's in prison. And I wasn't a bad... I was never a criminal. Mm. Never stolen anything in my life. Never sold drugs. Never... You know, I'm not a criminal. Mm -hmm. But I had a quick temper and I used to get into fights. I'm, so, I'm just being a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? So I came out, right, I've got to get my shit together. Held down a job for the first time in my life because it was all just shitty dead-end jobs. Mm -hmm. so I wasn't asked about that. When you Monday mornings weren't really a fixture for me right, right. <laughs> um, weren't you doing something with sheep sets yeah I worked at the slaughterhouse for a while yeah you tell yeah. us a bit about that what was that like grim you weren't cutting the heads off though were you no well, well when I first started they had me squeegee mopping blood into drains but one of the first jobs it's in the documentary when I get there when they do the, the lambs the sheep they, they, they get pushed forward in a line and then like these doors trap the head and they just slice the head uh, the head off and then they just throw it in a bin but they're so used to it, they don't look where they're going. And one of my first jobs, Michael, just go around and just pick up all those sheep heads that I missed and put them in the bin, will you? I'm like, you fucking what? You are. Like, you don't realise. When you're going to, you're like, wow, oh my God, they're alive. They're dead as fuck. There's blood everywhere. It's mayhem. It's carnage. It's like something from a horror film. So I've got a, a shovel and I'm like, picking up the heads. They're like, what are you doing? They're not going to bite you. Put them in the fucking, and the guy's like, because it's, you know, we're falling behind and stuff so yeah that, that, that was grim <laughs> so anyway so I came out and I thought I've got to hold down a job Yeah, and I was doing that for a bit and you know a couple of years went by but 
not getting arrested every weekend or getting into fights, you know, and holding down a shitty job. It's not exactly a high bar to achieve in life, mm -hmm. you know. And I came to like my early 20s. I'm like, what am I doing? It's got to be more to life than this. Mm. You know, me and my wife, she was a dental nurse. I was working. We had two kids. Life was all right. It was good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we were still skint pretty much at the end of the week. And I'm like, it's got to be more to it than this. And my boss said, Mike, you seem like a pretty smart kid. You know, is this what you want to do? And I said, no, obviously. He said, well, give it some thought. And I did. I kept thinking and thinking. I did some soul searching. I kept coming back to the same thing every time. Fighting. Do you know, I was, I, I'm good at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, know, I thought I'll, I'll try and be a professional. And I went into work one day. I said, hey, Mick, I figured out what I want to do. It's all great. And he takes his tool belt off and he walks over rubbing his hands together. He says, come on then, what's the big idea? He thinks I'm going to go fucking study to be a lawyer or something. I go, I'm going to be a professional fighter. He's like, oh, you're a dick. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. But you, you, you were DJing as well at this point, weren't you? I was, yeah. What's the greatest album ever made? Oh, so I, I don't know about that because... Uh, it's all like house and trance stuff. So not like DJing, you know, like, uh, you know, we're, we're not doing weddings. Oh, okay. <laughs> do, well, do you know what, what I mean? What's your favourite album then? My favourite album? Oh yeah. my God. I don't know. I need to think of something cool now, don't I? <laughs> the, uh, S I Club. Yeah. <laughs> S Club 7. The Hits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know, mate. I, I, like, I like everything. Hmm. I don't have a favourite album, but... Uh, uh, what's yours? I like The Streets. I like the streets. Yeah. The grand don't come for free. Yeah. I like the doors. Yeah. I li yeah. I like a bit of everything. Like a little bit like Kings of Leon. Yeah. Love Kings of Leon. Yeah. 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 You know, it's a very eclectic mix mm. that I have. <laughs> so, so you're, you're, you're training um, Monday to Friday in Nottingham, I think it was. That's it. And then you're going back to Clitheroe to yep. DJ at the weekends. Yep. D DJing is that you're partying and getting involved in all that as well. Yeah, well, see that, see that was the thing as well. And that, so I was, I mean, I wasn't then. I mean, I was definitely was in the early days. Yeah, yeah I was enjoying myself and and being a bit reckless. But when I was training, no. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was driving there then, and it was I was doing it as a job. Do you know mm. what I mean? I was still staying on the straight and narrow. However. You can still smoke in pubs and clubs and stuff back then. When I got to the UFC, that's when I knocked all that on the head. Right. Like, it's not conducive to the life of a professional fighter. And I was I was just sick of the scene. Well, you, you kind of answered my question there. I was going to say, was it hard to balance that kind of like work party lifestyle? Um, but you kind of, you, you've kind of answered that for us. Yeah. So let's move on to... Um... So yeah, your first big break, I, I'd say, was going into the UFC and that's through the ultimate fighter. Uh -huh. I love this part of the doc because well, as I keep saying, I didn't know it. So yeah, it's like, yeah. that's fucking insane. There, there was, um, I think they, I'd never seen the Ultimate Fighter. I get yep. the premise of it, but they, they, they did a boxing one in the UK, didn't they? What, yeah, I think, I think it was called The Contender or something. Yes, that was that was sick, that was. but So carry on. With, so yeah, you were on the third season, weren't yes. you? That's the first time they allowed people from outside of America onto the show. Yep. And you, you managed to get a place on that. How does that come about? Yeah, so uh, I, I turned professional, obviously. Mm -hmm. In two years, I'd, I'd, I was undefeated. I'd won all the titles there was to win in England. The Cage Warriors, Cage Rage, the FX3. I was the British Super Heavyweight Kickboxing Champion. So I was doing all right. Um, and then the UFC came. Obviously, they had the show called The Ultimate Fighter. And my wife, she always supported me so much because I remember when it came on, season one, I wanted to watch it. She said, no, I can't watch that. Can't watch that. I said, why? Because I know, Michael, if you went on there, you'd win it. And it just drives, drives me crazy. So we were banned from watching it in our house. Um, but they came to England because they wanted two Brits on it just to mix it up. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's all, all all Americans. So at Earl's Court, they had open auditions. 
And when I went down to the open auditions, all the other people in my weight class, I'd knocked them all out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and none of them can string a sentence together. They haven't got a personality either. Because they want fighters, but they also, for TV, they want characters. Has you always had a bit of a personality, or is that something yeah, you'd have I guess. to learn more? I've always been a bit of an idiot, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I got, the, I got the shot on that. And for those that don't know, it's kind of like Big Brother. brother. Except every week, two guys fight, winner stays, loser goes home, and you whittle it down until there's one left. And uh, what happened? I won the entire thing. <laughs> what, what was the prize for winning? Uh, a job. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's within the UFC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's to discover new talent for the UFC. It's a six-figure contract in the UFC and whatnot. But uh, no, it was great. It was an amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'd never been to America in my life. Mm-hmm. Here I am. I'm living in a huge mansion in Las Vegas on a reality TV show, getting to fight someone every week. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this is fucking all right. Uh, and it changed my life. It yeah. did. It did. Just going back quickly, you mentioned when you were talking about um, sort of like being in trouble with the law that you've got a quick temper. And in the doc, you say you, get, you probably get that from your from your dad. Yeah. So what's one thing that really just... Irri- oh, my, my, my mom as well. <laughs> get that in. Oh get that in. God. She's fine now. <laughs> right. Oh, Michael, she's a sweet little old lady. She was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> she was mental. Anyway, go on. What's one thing? Not. I don't want something obvious, but something sort of trivial yeah. that really fucking irritates yeah. you. Yeah, you got one already, didn't you? Oh, definitely. American drivers, they're dickheads, <laughs> right? They don't use indicators at all. <laughs> oh, they, wow. they don't use indicators at all. Yeah. And, and on the freeways, the motorways, um, you know out here, there's, there's, you got to overtake on the right, don't mm-hmm. you? In America, you, it's like the fucking wacky races. You can undertake, overtake, whatever. So there's, And they're fucking like nine lanes wide sometimes. Right? Yeah. Everyone's just fucking cars going all over the place. No one uses an indicator at all. If you put your indicator, because I do, I put my indicator on to say I'm going to change lane. They speed up to not let you in. And that, oh, I'm like, beep, I'm, yeah, fucking dickhead. What are you? I'm like, we're in death machines. Yeah. Somebody's going to die. I'm yeah. trying to get off. We're not in a race. I don't know you. you know, imagine having a bit of road rage yeah pulling up at lights and then going look at this I'm going to give him like saying to your missus like I'm going to give this cunt a little bit and then you look to your left it's Michael <laughs> nah, <laughs> just going reverse like, you, you go yeah you go and then like you, you'll, be, you'll be waiting at a junction mm. and there's a car coming along you know and you're like oh I better wait for this and it drives it drives it drives it drives and then it turns in and I'm like I could have fucking gone fuming didn't fuming. use your indicator and just recently I've, I'm, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way but I got a I said, you know, use your indicators, please. Mm. And this woman goes, because I've got an English accent. I was like, why don't you go back to your own country? I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why are you being like that? Come on, mate. <laughs> Okay, so we've moved on to UFC. We found out that you hate American drivers. Put that on record. That's the article. I do. <laughs> I don't mind saying it. I'm sorry. Uh, up to this point in your fighting career, you've won. Hold on, last thing on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, nice this is perfect. Well, I love like, this. In Orange County, yeah. right, it, it, it's very fake. Mm. Everyone's so polite. Mm-hmm. and You don't give a fuck about my day. Mm. How's your day? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? You know what I mean? It's like, hi, how are you? How's it? You know, I'm like, they're so nice. They're so polite. You put them behind the wheel of a car and they're faceless. They don't have to, they just turn into dickheads. Yeah. I've had a few shout at me over there when yeah. like, the first time I drove over there, I was fucking nervous. It was LA, so the traffic was mad. And I pulled out and this guy just turned his window down and went, learn how to drive, asshole. And I was just like, I'm already scared, mate. Can we, get, <laughs> can we, can we not do this? And so, they've all got guns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one time I went to, to, to Vegas, there was a guy running down the street. He was, there was like a few people running away in front of him and I could hear this banging and I was like fucking shitting myself. Like, And he had these little parties 
party popper things. It was thrown on the ground. I was like, this, this country is too tense to be doing that kind of yeah, shit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's volatile. It's quite scary. But so, so yeah, you're in the UFC now. You've won Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. You get given a contract in the UFC. You win your first few fights. But yep. then you take that first loss you've ever had in your professional yes. career. How did that feel? Was that a big setback? That was that was Dan Henderson, right? No, no, that was Rashad Evans, okay. uh, former world champion Rashad Evans, and he was under, we were both undefeated. Uh, yeah, no, he got me. It was a very close fight, but it was by split decision. He, he got me, and fair play to him. Mm-hmm. So um, it's cliche to say this, but you always learn more from the fights that you lose, you know, because when you're winning, you know, it's well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you mm-hmm. know. And if anything, you develop bad habits because you can get away with it. Excuse me. Um, but when you lose, you've got to be honest with yourself and try and look and you know have a bit of self-reflection and try and think, why did I lose? What do I need to fix? And throughout my the career, I, lo- I lost many fights, you know, and every time I learned something, you know, that's why I became the champ, but that was right at the end of my career, you know, mm. because every time you tweak it a little bit, right, I'm, I'm training too much. My diet isn't right. Um... You know, my weight cut wasn't correct. There's a, so every time you, you learn something new. So anyway, on that fight, I was like, I'm in the wrong weight class because I was fighting at 205 pounds, which I'm way over 205 pounds now, but they're light heavyweights because they do a thing called cutting weight. You won't know what that is. But yeah. Right before the weigh-in, they dehydrate themselves like a stone and a half. I've, I've seen clips on YouTube. They, yeah. they put on loads of layers and lay in yeah, fucking bed saunas and saunas and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, But I never used to do that. In fact, one time, because <laughs> I, I was 205, but I could walk around... Two off. I didn't have to cut weight. I, I had a triple whopper with cheese and bacon and fries <laughs> night before the weigh-in. I was like, shit, I totally forgot. I was stressed out. And I was driving along in the M6 and I just saw a sign for Burger King. I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> Pull over. Triple whopper with cheese and bacon, please, mate. And you know when you sit there, I've devoured it, had the fries. You know when you're drinking out of one of those drinks, and <laughs> that sound at the end, I just went, oh! <laughs> I'm weighing in in the morning. What have I done? Anyway, but I still just walked on the scale. Anyway, point of the story is the guy that beat me, Richard, um, the day of the weigh he was in the sauna, cutting weight, almost killing himself to make weight. And I was sitting in a Chinese restaurant eating noodles and drinking 7-Up. <laughs> and I thought, I'm not really making the sacrifices I could yeah. to be the best. Right. And then is that when UFC 100 came? Yeah, a, a bit later. A bit later, yeah. Can you? Uh, this is a this is a big moment in the doc, so I don't want you to talk about it too much because I want people to go and see it yeah. for themselves. Especially, take it from me, guys. One hundred percent. If you're not a UFC fan, you might not know who Michael is. Watch it anyway. You will be you will be gripped, and obviously there'll be the hordes of UFC fans that love you and know all know it anyway. But tell us about the fight with Dan Henderson because that was that was quite shocking when I watched that. Yeah. So the, the Ultimate Fighter, which I was on earlier as a contestant, I got called back to be a coach. So and you know, great offer. And I was like, oh wow, I was on there. Now I'm going to be a coach. Wow, you know, mm-hmm. come full circle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I went up against this fighter called Dan Henderson, who's a legendary fighter um, and known for his big right hand. But he was on what they call testosterone replacement therapy so basically he was juicing and he was getting away with it uh we had the fight at ufc 100 which can, can i just interrupt there is is that is that a common thing in ufc do ufc fighters do you, that uh, well well now we have you saw the united states anti-doping association so they turn up at your house randomly all the time and drug test you take your blood take your urine but um okay. there was a there was a brief period of time and don't get me wrong people cheat 
You know mm. what I mean? The people take steroids and they try and outsmart the system. I've never touched anything like that in my life. But uh, there was a brief period where if you went to a doctor and they said, oh, you've got low testosterone, you could inject yourself with testosterone. So these guys, would a lot of people started doing it and they were like, oh, if I don't take this, I'm going to die. But then they did away with that loophole and five years later, they're still fighting in the UFC. I'm like, you were full of shit, weren't you? Right. So this guy was dosed up on that. Anyway, UFC 100 was... The biggest event they'd ever had, you know, the biggest UFC event the world had ever seen. Mm -hmm. It did almost 2 million pay-per-view buys, huge event. And it was UK versus USA. That's how they build it. And uh, yeah, I get knocked out in the most spectacular fashion ever, like out caught. And then when he hits me with this huge right hand, I'm already unconscious. And then he dives in the air, leaps through the air, and then comes down with his entire body weight with his elbow lands on my jaw when I'm already un unconscious, you know. So I was out for a long time and I didn't know where the hell I was when I came round. You kept asking the same questions, didn't you, over and over again? Like, well, well, I thought I wasn't fighting for three months. Fucking hell. And I'm like, w w hold on, what's going on? I said, I'm not fighting for three months. They're like, Michael, you fought tonight. It didn't go well. You lost. I'm like, but no, 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 no. no I'm not fighting tonight. I'm fighting in three months. Michael, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I said, like, hold on. So I thought, what, did I step in last minute? Did I, like, did somebody fall off a car and I stepped in for them last minute? Like, Michael, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So I kept getting in the shower. I said, I'll, I'll have a shower. I'm in the shower. And I called my mate over. I said, come here, come here. I said, what's going on? They're like, wow, you, you got to go to the hospital, bud. I said, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. And then a minute later, I'm in the shower. I pop my head out again. I said, come here, come here. I said, what's going on? They're like, anyway, this went on for about 10 times. Like, Michael, you've got to go to the hospital. You know, fucking hell. It's so scary, isn't it? I've heard people say, I'll knock you into next week. But you <laughs> got knocked months. back three months. <laughs> 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 fucking hell. ever have a fear of dying when you enter that octagon? Never. Never? No, no, you're not going to die. Is that just because all the safety precautions in place? The, and... the, yeah, yeah, listen, the, I'm, I mean, listen, never say never, of course. Yeah, touch, touch wood. wood. And, and sadly, in boxing, that does happen a lot. Mm -hmm. In the UFC, no one's ever died, you know, and, and I don't... I, Unless there was some freak accident or somebody had a condition, some kind of brain aneurysm that had fallen through the cracks. Because we have a lot of medical testing. You know, we get brain scans, you need the whole the whole night. We mm -hmm. do everything once a year. Um, and fighter safety is first. You know, if, mm. as I said before, if you're not intelligently defending yourself, they stop the fight. You know what I mean? So it's not like if you're just getting pounded nonstop, beaten to death. It's mm. never going to happen. Yeah. So you, you mentioned when um, the... But there has been vicious knockouts. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you know when that happened. You said when you got knocked out by Henderson, like, and then he's come down with his elbow on yeah. you. Is that... And again, I'm, I'm very amateur here, I admit that, but is that frowned upon in the sport or no, not? No, I don't, not. I don't hold that against him at all. You know, listen, it is what it is. You know, we sign up for that and... Um, you know, you keep going until the referee stops you. Right. You know? Okay. Um, Not everybody would have done that. A lot of people do think he shouldn't have done that. Because you, sometimes you see it in the UFC, someone, boom, will land a really good punch. They'll go down and obviously you can follow them and then you can give it another one. A lot of the times, fighters, will, they'll go up to throw another one. They'll cock the hand back and they'll be like, ah, he's done. 
Oh, and then they stop. Would you have done it if if that was if if them roles were reversed? Would you have come down with the? Well, him in particular, no. Right. <laughs> but uh, no, generally, I'd like to think I was that kind of guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's most of the time it's not personal. It's just business, you know. And, and most people in the UFC, most like mm-hmm. any walk of life, you get idiots here and there. Mm-hmm. But most people are nice guys. Right. Now, I know we've only got you for a certain amount of time, so it's, it feels like we're zooming through this to try yeah. and... Because you have done so much in your life and career. Um, but our audience might not know about this, and it's going to be a huge part of... of the, it is a huge part of the doc and a huge part of your life. Can you tell us, and I'm sure you've told this story so many times, but about Vita Belfort and what happened there? Yeah, yeah. I've, so I've probably butchered that name, I know. Yeah, Vito Belfort. Vito it, Belfort. It's all right. It's all right. He's a Brazilian fighter, legendary fighter. He was the heavyweight champion. He was the light heavyweight champion. And he was on track to be the middleweight champion, but he did so much steroids and he was very, very well known for it. And as I say, there was USADA in the United States mm-hmm. Anti-Doping Association, but they didn't operate in Brazil, right? They weren't down there. And he was exclusively only fighting in Brazil because he was taking so much steroids. I mean, you should have seen the physique on this guy. It was ridiculous. Mm. I've seen it in the fucking movie. Yeah, so I got offered to fight him. So, um, but, and I knew this, I knew he'd be on steroids, but as a fighter, you have this confidence, ah, bollocks to it. I think I can still beat him. You're a nutter. No, it's not a nutter, (laughs) because it's like, well, if I beat this guy, I'll fight for the belt. You know what I mean? So there's risk versus reward. There's an opportunity. There's an opportunity there. He's one of the top guys. I'm like, if I beat him. But but surely, because, because you know he's doing the juice, like, he's got huge advantage. Massive advantage. But, you know, I guess, uh, your, your fighters are wired different, aren't they? Well, to- well, exactly. I'm like, I think I can still beat him. So what? If he wants to do that, good on him. But I, I've never taken anything. I do it the old-fashioned way. Do you know what I mean? Some good old-fashioned hard work. But uh, so, yeah, I, I went down there. This is, this is like, this is... This is like per, is the bit one of the biggest UFC fights ever, right? It was, it was a big fight. Yeah. Okay. And you you're... down in Brazil, Sao Paulo. <sighs> I go down there. He's a very, very, very religious man. Like very, really. You spend two minutes with this guy. He starts quoting the Bible to you and right. talking about God and all the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, just to wind him up because I am a wind-up merchant. Mm-hmm. When we're at the weigh-ins and he's like talking shit and he's like, you know, like security in between us. I got Vito. Come here. Come here. And he's like, what, what? I said, there is no Jesus. <laughs> Just to wind him <laughs> yeah, up, you know. Yeah. He, he, he why, sh- why not? Why not? Yeah, You've got to say anything to... Yeah, he shit the bed a little bit. But then uh, maybe there is, because he head kicked me the next day. <laughs> and I ended up losing an eyeball. Just like, she's just throwing that at us. Like, oh, he's, uh, oh, he's going to take the eye out. Boom. There we go. That's what you won't want to see. Oh, wow. That's what Fuck he did. It. Yeah, but that, yeah. So that's a detached retina. Well, no, it was a detached retina. Then they fixed it. It redetached and they fixed it again. Then I got glaucoma. It, I, I just had a lot of bad. That's a lot going on in one eye. Yeah, yeah. I had about six or seven surgeries, I think, in the, in the eye. It was a miserable time. Fucking hell. You actually quoted in the documentary saying it when you was having the pro- I'm just watching you put the eye in now. <laughs> <laughs> that is... It's a it's very good looking eye. Like yeah, it, it, like I it's know. really hard to tell. Yeah, no, it changed my life when I got this because obviously without it in, it looks terrible. Yeah, and I was extremely self conscious about it. You know, I I couldn't stand my reflection in the mirror. I really could. And on top of that, you know, I, I do a bit of acting and TV work and stuff. You yeah, know, I'm very busy actually. Um, so it was like I'm putting myself on camera all the time, and I look like that do you know what I'm saying and, yeah and the, the public are assholes do you know and people are always talking shit on Twitter oh, and stuff like mate, that mate we know that all too well yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, shit we're looking could... like you two you would fucking hell not just the public are assholes <laughs> <laughs> I'm no. sorry so yeah so like you know 
Um, in the end, I was just sick of it. I was sick of looking like that. So I uh, I went to your doctor and I said, I, 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 want, I want to have a glass eye put in. And they said, Michael, that means removing your eyeball. I said, yeah. I'm, I said, I'm sick of looking like this. And they said, well, we don't want to operate if you're not in pain. He said, but you can get a prosthetic lens. And I, I had no idea. You know, for years I've been putting up with that. So yeah, they went down there and they, they do a mould, they hand paint it to match the other one. And there you go. But that was the end of your, well, in quotations, the end of your fight career, wasn't it? Then y- yeah, it was. I was told I would never fight again. But you did fight again. For a long time. How did that happen? I told a lot of lies. <laughs> I cheated a lot of tests. I did whatever I had to do. I, you know, back then fighting was all I had. You know, I wasn't set up financially with my family. You know, I had, we just moved to America and started a new life. At that point, if I stopped fighting then, not that there would have been anything wrong with this. It would have been a nice moment in time. Do you mm. know what I mean? I mm-hmm. had a few fights in the UFC. I made a little bit of money. I would have ended up going back to Clitheroe, probably looking for my old job back or whatever. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm like, no, I haven't come this far for it to end here. Do you know? Mm. And it was very frustrating because even though I couldn't get cleared by the athletic commissions, you know, they, they do a ton of tests on you. Uh, physically, I still felt normal. Right. I, I could still fight, but I can't see properly. Everything's in 2D. I have zero depth perception. Like a lot of times when I go to grab things, I miss it or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Wow. It takes me, you know, because I, I can't see stuff properly. You, It's hard to explain. Even if you cover up one eye, you don't get the real, uh, because your brain will still remember how everything is. But if you put an eye patch on and then you went to sleep and you get out of bed the next day, you'll feel it's all kind of weird. Oh. And sometimes it makes me a little dizzy. Sometimes just certain light or certain rooms, I'll be like, whoa, I can't gauge where anything is you know what I mean I touched something and fucking walking into walls and stuff but uh, so yeah so fighting like that was very difficult but I refused to quit I'm like no uh, so uh, yeah one way or the other I made my, my way back this this has been a running theme in your life I think I think we've heard um, Dana White say it in, 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 the, uh, in the doc you never ever turn down a fight you would always fight whoever was put in front of you and you would often do it at the drop of a hat when maybe another fighter couldn't make a fight you yeah. would be called up and you would do it and not only that, you'd be doing it with one fucking eye, which is such... Yeah, and, and nobody knew, of course, back then. Do you know what I mean? It, it was a big secret. So uh, I didn't win all my fights. Do you know what I mean? And, and then the ones where I did lose, I was like... Oh, oh. And then, the, you know, you put your opponent's gloating at the press conference afterwards. And mm. I'm laughing, motherfucker, I've got one eye. <laughs> okay? You hit me with a left hook. I can't see on that side. Yeah. So did you slow your roll? <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question you're probably not going to answer. Go how, ahead. How do you how did you how did you cheat the the test? Many many different ways, many different times. Uh I remember one time uh Oh, he is going to answer. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> you know, I talked about it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Right, okay. Bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> in the UK. In only the, just, yeah. only just globally, it's messing boys. Globally, it's way bigger. You guys are great. <laughs> um, no, like, there was many, all different types of tests. Like, there was one you put your eyes into this thing and there's like a big globe, if you will, and lights light up. They're just checking your peripheral vision and you have a hand, you have like these joysticks in each hand and if one's on that side, you push your left hand. If you see a little thing flash a light on that side, you push your right. Well, I can only see the left side. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, based upon the rhythm and the timing, I was just fucking guessing. 
I said, ding, ding. I fucking passed. I passed. I totally blagged it. Just just guessed it. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just passed. I was like, wow, that was lucky. Fucking hell. I, I, another time I was out here in London, UFC, Dana was trying to help me because he, he said you were never going to fight again. So he was trying to set me up with like TV work and punditry and stuff like that. God bless him. Is he a good guy, Dana? Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. You know, some people take him wrong. You know, mm -hmm. he's a fucking great guy. He's been a good friend to me. Right. Anyway, uh, and I went for this test one day for an eye test and I was terrified. I was like, oh shit. Because the UFC's like, I'm going to take you to a doctor of our choosing and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and I'm walking in and the doctor, this Indian gentleman, was walking, he was like an old retired World War II veteran, very old, very eccentric man. He was he was great. Uh, he said, I'm going to walk him to the car. You go make yourself at home in my office. Just take a seat. So I walk in, I'm like, fucking great. Where's the eye test? So 2200 vision is what you need to be able to fight. And that's on an eye test, a big massive letter at the top and then the two big ones underneath it. And then they gradually get smaller and smaller. Yeah. If you know those top three letters, that's 2200 vision. So, to, uh, so you can pass, you can fight, you'll be cleared. And it's not a digital eye test. It's like an old school, old fashioned one. It's like a piece of cardboard, but it's like a triangle. There's three of them and it rotates. So I'm like, fucking memorize it. C, D, E, spin it around, F, L, M, whatever. So I memorize all the letters. Doctor comes in, but you got to remember, he doesn't think I'm trying to blag a test. He thinks I'm being a normal person and checking on my eyes. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So he covers up my bad eye first and goes, what can you read? Fucking smashed it. Got them all 2020, baby. Uh, and then he covers up my good eye, but he doesn't move it. So I've, I've, I've remembered the letters. So this is where those few crappy acting lessons I had paid off. I'm like, uh, D, L, <laughs> Um, I'm like, ooh, gets a bit blurry after that, if I'm honest, Doc, struggling there. And then he's like, okay, all right. He said, you've, you've, you've passed. He said, you're clear to fight. He said, but you can't fight. He said, if anything happens to your good eye, you're going to go blind. And I'm like, oh, God, you're right, Doc. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a real quandary, isn't it? I said, I'll talk it over with my family. Oh, it's a tough decision, is that? I walked out. I'm like, fucking come on. <laughs> you know, of course, I wasn't going to talk to my family. I'm like, let's go. Quality. So you um, you, you bluff the tests. Uh -huh. You get back into the sport you love. Yep. Dangerous sport. And you... You defy all the odds and you become the world champion. And I think I'm right in saying the only British UFC champion ever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the, who, who did you beat? What was it like? So Luke Rockhold, he was a, he was a rival of mine. And, uh, a guy that had previously beat He'd you. already beaten me. Um, so, you know, and I was blind in that fight because he cut me over my good eye and blood was going into the eye. So anyway, whatever. I couldn't see shit in that fight. Um, I was filming a movie in Canada, Toronto Triple X with Vin Diesel and there was a world championship fight going on and the challenger got injured and he needed a replacement, but it was two weeks away from the fight. So I called the UFC, I called Dana, I said, hey Dana, I said, uh, I'll, I'll do it, I'll take the fight. I didn't think they would say yes. <laughs> I thought I was just going to get good graces, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I might be the next in line, yeah. right? And they, and they actually said, hey, Mike, we love you. He said, but our first option is Jackeray. If Jackeray doesn't want it, we'll use you. But I thought, there's no way Jackeray's not going to take it. So that night I went to a basketball game. We had a few beers, bit of an everyone. 
Do you know what I mean? In the morning, I wake up. I'm like, oh god, I've done it again. I'm like, shit, I'm on set tonight. So I go to the gym. I'm gonna sit in the sauna, sweat out all the booze, try and look presentable. You know what I mean? And as I'm walking in, bing, 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 my phone's just going crazy. Dana White's just been on ESPN and announced that I'm fighting for the belt in two weeks. I'm like, shit, didn't tell me. Fuck. Yeah, throws that on me. <laughs> so I jump on the scale. I'm like, oh my god, I'm over two stone over my weight. I'm like, shit, never mind the weights. Throw my backpack on. I'm running through the streets of Toronto, panicking. You stopped off for a Burger King. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Double and uh, uh, sausage and egg McMuffin. Uh, but um, yeah, there you go. Two weeks. Uh, yeah. And I went there to LA at the Forum. It's a legendary arena. Muhammad Ali and stuff have all fought there. And yeah, happy to say I knocked him out in the first round. <laughs> what what a story this is. What a story. It's been a pr- privilege and a pleasure to meet you, mate. And not only that, to, to watch the, the story unfold last night when we was both texting each other about it. Just couldn't couldn't believe it. I will say another apology to the proper fight fans for our lack of knowledge in this, but we're just we're just learning. And hopefully if we do another one of these in five years' time, we'll be we'll be bona fide UFC fans. Before we let you go, mate, um you've got a busy day. Can we hit you with some quick fire questions? I would love to. Okay, cool. So the first one we will go for is, I think in boxing, uh, the beef is sometimes hyped up. And of course, it's going to be in in other sports as well. You want to sell a fight. Everyone knows that. But in your career, which one of your fights was the, the, the hatred the most genuine? It's not really a quick fire question, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jorge Rivera. Okay. Jorge Rivera, he made this string of videos insulting England, insulting me, insulting my family and all. And every day there was a new video coming out on YouTube and it was driving me mental. And I mean, it. oh God, it worked. Did it? it? Oh God, I was I was, I was, was losing my mind. And my mate Jacko, we were in Australia, the fight was in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And every morning I'd wake up and, and he'd be at the computer already. I'd be like, has that dickhead put anything online today? And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And I'd see, I'm like, ah! Fucking hell. I'm going to kill this guy. What is one thing that you don't speak about? Well, you shouldn't talk about family. Yeah. You know, kids, wives, etc. What are your thoughts on Paddy the Baddy? Paddy the Baddy, I mean, he's a big star. You know, he's only had one fight in the UFC. He's got another one this weekend. Um, We'll see how he goes. I mean, he's got all the potential. He's, he's a good grappler. He's a young kid. He's got tons of confidence, that's for sure. Uh, but he's only had one fight, so it's early days. But uh, he's going to have a bright future, I'm sure. I, I think he's going to do great. Last two. Thoughts on Conor McGregor? He was great. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> okay, and then my Bit friend... of a tit. <laughs> Bit of a tit. Is he going to fight again? Like, I don't know. You don't yeah, give a shit? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't. Well, he's fighting people like Machine Gun Kelly, so. Yeah, well, there you go. Or throwing water over, throwing <laughs> beer over them. Real tough guy. Hold me back. Hold me I'm going to get you with my cane because I can't fucking walk. Yeah, no. We used to be mates, but he started talking tons of shit, so fuck him. Fair enough. And my friend Tom Hill is a massive fan of yours, and uh, he wanted to know who would your money had been on if Jim. GSP would have fought Khabib? Oh, that is a good question. It's one that gets asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because the move that I used to choke you out with earlier, mm-hmm. George St. Pierre used that on me and choked me out unconscious. Uh, so I'll say George St. Pierre simply because he was good enough to beat me. So of course he can beat Khabib. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it, it, it'd be a good one. Thoughts on Jake Paul? Yeah, hey, fair play to him. 
He's yeah. making money. He's doing what he loves. You know, there's no prerequisite that you need to come from a disadvantaged background to be a professional fighter. He's putting the time and effort in. He's training hard. You know, he's putting the spotlight on boxing. Mm -hmm. I just wish he'd fight somebody his own size that is in their prime, that is actually a boxer. He's cherry-picking opponents that are tailor-made for him, like guys at the end of their career that can't... You know, MMA, there's all different elements. He's been fighting wrestlers. Wrestlers don't really punch. They can't box. Do you think he'll come unstuck when he fights a boxer? I mean, if he fights a young boxer that's in a similar phase of their career, maybe not. But mm -hmm. if he fights anyone decent, he, he, he's, they made an offer to me to fight me. And... Uh, he just—he had no intention of that because we said, "Yeah, all right then, all right, sweet." And we said, "We want a bit more money," and then they went radio silent. Oh. But he knows I've got a big mouth, so I, I was telling everyone, and so that makes it look like he was looking for real fights. But mm. when, when when we accepted, they just went radio silent, never responded to an email. Take it from me, Jake. I'm struggling to drink this water after he was playing with my neck. Are you serious? Did I hurt your neck? No, you're fine. You're okay. fine. Michael, it's been an absolute pleasure. Bisping out now on all digital platforms go and check it out um, you're welcome back in this room any day that you find yourself in London mate. I would love to honestly I really really enjoyed it it's a shame I've got to rush off because I, I would love to stay and talk some more but yeah I'd love to come on again sometime your story's fascinating you're a lovely bloke great human being we always end on the same question Michael Bisping what is the meaning of life what is the meaning of life oh my god I mean I, you know I'm a knucklehead right I'm a cage fighter <laughs> don't ask for advice of me uh, <laughs> what is the meaning of life I don't know. I don't know. Fine. The meaning of my life is I'm just trying to look after my wife and kids and give them the best life possible. I don't know what your fucking meaning of life is. <laughs> to never have that fucking <laughs> arm around my neck again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this has been Chat Makes Happy Hour podcast with Stevie White and Michael Bisping. See you in a few Boom. days, guys. Cheers. Jack Makes Happy Hour. Jack Mates Happy Hour is a Stack Production.